0: Hey guys, welcome back to the podcast. I'm your host, Josh Phoenix, and today, we got some stuff to talk about. You know, it's been nice. Had a few-day break from the last time I posted a podcast episode up to now. I think the last time I posted was, like, what, five days ago? So, it's been a while, but happy President's Day to everyone. Um, I had that break. It was very nice. I know I didn't post on Wednesday, but hey. I'm here, I'm here in the flesh, and yes, this is Thursday, but I'm going to be posting Saturday, I know, I know, it's tough, I know it's going to be a little different, but it's just because this week, had a quote unquote holiday in it, want to take some time off, get recalibrated, now I'm back, so pretty nice, if you guys have been been checking out QWERTY.com as much, I would highly recommend you doing that. Why? Because even though I'm not posting podcasts this week, I'm still posting on the site. I'm still getting that lovely, lovely engagement. And when I see more engagement, I mean there's more eyeballs. And more eyeballs, well, hey, now more people can see it. When more people see it, you're getting fire content and really cool stories coming out of there. Like what's going on with Doc Rivers, Jason Tatum. We're going to be talking about this stuff. But I'm just really happy you guys are enjoying the content. Really happy you guys are sticking along. So if you guys are only listening to the podcast, I encourage you guys to go to Quirtsy.com. But hey, if you're just a podcast person, by all means, listen to the podcast exclusively. That is great either way. Also, you can find the podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, Google Podcasts, TuneIn iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, all these other places. I don't care what platform you listened on. We are on there. I am on there. Court Heat is on there. So just do it. Subscribe, leave a review. Do what you got to do to remember that the podcast is on that platform. But yeah, we're here. I'm here uh, Monday, Wednesday, Saturday. Pretty nice deal. Remember. You can find the podcast also on Axe. The podcast can also be found on YouTube. Right? So there's more options. You also find Quartz Heat on Axe. Axe is really my most favorite platform to post on. So find me on Axe. Quartz Heat. Trust me. You do not want to miss it. You do not want to miss it at all. So, I think without further ado, that's just it for the announcements. Just trying to get through, like, a shielding. So, that's pretty much that. Yeah. I really don't think there's much to it. Um. Also, I hope you guys enjoyed the All-Star break. That was very interesting. I did not watch that horrific All-Star game. I think they had, like, a 14% increase in viewership. Cool for the NBA, but... That all-star game was atrocious. You want to talk about no defense. That was it. Like, I'm surprised we didn't have more 50-point performances. But on the East, we had three guys going in the triple digits. We had, on the West, have Confinity Towns going for 50. And, of course, Shea going for 31. Right? So... All very interesting. I, I I can't believe that. I I, I can't. like the defense is just so bad. I was going to t- I was trying to turn on my brain what I wanted to talk about for topic of day. Like should I go over the All Star or should I try to cover Doc Rivers and the Bucks? Spoiler alert: the topic of day is going to be answering the question: Can Doc Rivers and the Bucks turn it around? I think that's more prevalent. I think it's more important than talking about the All-Star game. But I do believe turning into like uh, five teams of uh, free, having a freebie free, that's going to be pretty cool. Maybe East versus West. Whoever wins gets home court advantage in the finals. I've seen all these different ideas. My dad and I was talking about all these different ideas. I'm really not going to talk about it right now. I kind of just want to focus on what's going on this season. I want to focus on Jace Tatum. I want to talk about the Nets. What's going on with the Nets, Especially the firing of Jock Vaughn. Uh, I want to talk about Mike Conley. Got some injuries for it's today. Today's the return the NBA for our more extended break. I want to talk about Jalen Brunson. Maverick fans, you're not going to want to hear this. Knicks fans, you're going to want to hear this. Then, of course, Doc Rivers in the Bucs. And since we're already talking about the All Star game or All Star weekend, let's just recap. Let's recap the weekend. So we know that East beat West. 211 to 186. That was. That was interesting. I'm not going to say that it was like. It was very mess. Like, I'm not gonna try to crush it. it. Is what it is. Like many people, just did not like it. It was very right. It was downright awful. But the rest of the events were so cool, so cool. I don't know if you guys felt the same, but for me, I felt I felt really good. And everyone, four point six million people tuned in for All Star Saturday, up thirty one percent from twenty three. So cool. Mag McClellan, my guy Mag McClellan, won the Slam Dunk Contest. That was fun. I know it was a bunch of no-names outside of Jalen Brown, right? And Yami Yacquez Jr. Yami Yacquez Jr. is not established. He's a rookie, but I applaud him for coming in. He had some cool dunks. Jalen Brown, questionable dunks. Cool if you're paying homage. Like, there was a lot of homage-based dunks. So that's whatever. But Mac McCaughey was reinventing the wheel. Mac McCaughey was doing dunks not even the older generation players could do, or even thought of. Like this was a very creative based, very unique dunk contest, and I thought Jacob Toppin, Obi Toppin's brother, was throwing it down nice. I Like, I really thought, like, him catching, like, Magma catching that midair. So he caught it from the guy. Picked up from the guy. Then caught it, he threw it. Caught it in midair, to himself. Threw it to himself. Caught it to him. Caught it. And then slammed it in, I believe, behind his head. Like, you have to see that clip. That was just so cool. That was just so fun. Like, I know it was a bunch of no-names, but just take the dunks. There was some controversy, there was some controversy, but overall, it was a pretty nice dunk contest. Not gonna lie. Um, Damian Lillard, he won the free point contest. I know my last podcast episode was going over who I thought was gonna win. All these events, I had Magma Kung winning it, I was right. I did not have Damian Lillard winning it. I thought his skid was just gonna be too great. But no, him and Big Cat, they were going at it. You had him, you had Tyrese, you had you had a bunch of guys. But it was Dame Miller who pulled out on top. Also, Trey Young. Him and Trey Young went at it. Him and Big Cat went at it. Tyrese was eliminated by Dame time. But you want to talk about being authoritative and just letting up the competition. Damian Lillard could not have done any better. And the bar was being set at 26 to begin the first round. Or going into the second round. Like that was where the bar was at. A lot of marketing balled out. You had Geno Brunson. There was guys. I thought it was either gonna be Tyrese or Brunson, to be honest. Honestly, if that that since that's where we're at. But I thought that was pretty, pretty cool. So it was very like, I was entertained. Like, I, every shot, I was, I, I, I was shocked what was going on. I was at the ed- edge of my seat. It was much different than what was going on during the game. But the free point competition, I love. I really do. The free point competition, you just can't beat. And when you see Damian Lillard going back-to-back, and then him probably going for a free-peat, which I think will be the first time in NBA history, if I, if, if I remember correctly. But that award-winning round, like when people doubt him, he rose to the occasion. And I was one of those guys. But Dame time is really unpredictable. Well, it looked like he was going to miss the final two racks of shots. He entered clutch mode and knocked down the money ball as time was expired. Only, only as Dame time could. I think he was leaving it to hang as well. Like, it was beyond incredible. Beyond incredible. Even Giannis was loving what Dame was doing. Like, it was just so fun. There was even controversy with Big Cat. Convy Towns, and wow, he got 16 points in 30 seconds. That's very impressive. Very, very impressive. His foot was on the line at least three times. And I found it really funny that the ref counted that. That just tells you where fishing's at. Just just really funny. Sums up by like, where the refs are, are at all this season. But, but man, Dame's Mr. Clutch. But I was I was wrong on that. Again, I thought it was gonna be Tyres or John Brunson. I also thought it was gonna be Team All-Stars beating um the other two teams in the skills competition, but it was Team Pacers. I counted out Team Pacers. I'm sorry, I counted out Tyres Halburn. That was my fault. I love the fact that Tyres Halburn is that dude. He said goodnight and he just drilled the half-court shot. Like, he literally has ice in his veins. There is no joking about that. So, that was pretty incredible. And he left it out to hang. Like, he knew that was going in. And can I just say, not to get off topic, the court, the LED-featured court was just so cool. Like, the NBA is truly living in a different universe with their innovation. It is beyond spectacular. I am definitely excited about that. It was just so cool. Like, just seeing the NBA All-Star festivities lighting up with the LED core. Man, you just could not make that up. You really couldn't make that up. So, that was very, very fun. Very, very fun. If you guys did not watch All-Star Friday, I did not. I was not able to catch it. I was out with my family, but... Ben Mather had a night. He won MVP. He won Rising Stars MVP. He got Shout out MVP Chance. Pretty cool night to have. Pretty, pretty cool night. Also, Sabrina Nescu and Stephen Curry put on a show. Like, they legit put on a show. Woo! And Sabrina. Was shooting from the free point line. She broke all barriers. And she shot from the line. She put pressure on Curry. But because Curry is arguably the greatest shooter of all time. He just channeled. He channeled his inner greatness. And. And she put up 26 points. Like, she was doing what the other men were doing. Like, she would have tied... She would have been able to go into the tiebreaker. Like, she was doing great stuff. And Steffi admitted that he knew the pressure was on when Sabrina put up those 26 points. He knew that pressure was building when he didn't make even of the long shots during his run. But he was still able to beat her by, 20, uh, beat her by 29 to 26 margin. Both competitors were very good. Both to said they, that they want and they hope that events like this will continue to be a part of the All-Star weekend going forward. And I would love that. Like, I would absolutely love that. Like, no hate. I would love that. This was so much fun. I know I cast Sabrina. And I know I questioned if she could shoot for an NBA line. She proved me wrong in that. I thought it would be more difficult. Not at all. Sabrina is one heck of a basketball player. She should be treated with the utmost respect because of how talented she is, how much she puts into her craft. It was truly incredible to see one of the faces of the WNBA and one of the faces of the NBA collide together. Honestly. It it was really fun. And I know I think it was Kenny Smith being a loser with his comments, but I thought she did amazing. She outperformed. Like I agree with Reggie Miller. She broke through barriers. She she broke through the expectations and limitations. It was very cool to see. I am very happy that I was able to watch that. I was rooting for Sabrina because I wanted to beat Steph, but I'm just a Steph guy, you know? So I just had to keep it going with Steph. So I was only able to hit on two of my five predictions of including the All-Star game, but hey, not bad. I had my reasoning behind all of them, but hey, still nice. It okay, it, okay. It's forty percent, but whatever. Under fifty, but still fine. It's 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 whatever. It's whatever. So really fun. So that was like the recap of all-star weekend. Very very excited. Very very excited. That was very. I- I should watch that again. I should watch the escu and Steph Curry go out again. Because that was fun. I genuinely mean that. Like, I was so glued to my TV. Now I gotta kind of... I gotta kind of pivot. I gotta go to more depressing stuff. If you want to call it depressing. A little more frustrating. Not so much head scratching. But when it came to... Adrian Griffin's departure from the Milwaukee Bucks. But Jock Vaughn, he was fired. And Sean Mark said a lack of energy and effort, especially when it came to effort plays, led to his departure. Players were frustrated and confused by his in-game decisions. And apparently, Vaughn wanted Ben Simmons to lead this team, to run the team. And that kind of confused players like Spencer Dinwiddie when he was on the team. And Mikael Bridges. And you could see that when he just was not letting Cam Thomas play to his full potential. When he was dropping multiple 30 and 40 point nights. So, there was a lot of questionable actions happening. I don't think Jock Vaughn was the right coach. I think he made a lot of in-game issues. For it to be Ben Simmons, because you're like, well, we don't. you you couldn't really bring up the argument of Mikael Bridges, of not knowing the potential Mikael Bridges, because statistically, he was beating out Ben Simmons, especially in 2022 23 in the first half, in the first 56 games with the Suns, then in the 27 games with the Nets. Like, he was making that a leap. And now he still is with 21-5 free and almost a steal. Even with Dinwiddie. And and Dinwiddie was bad. Like, Dinwiddie's been bad, bad. Like, he's not been good. But also, I think he could have been a little better if Vaughn wasn't placing all these limitations on him, right? But, they wanted to go with Ben Simmons. Which was questionable. Like the guy is not who he was back in like his rookie season, second year season. No, he's just a six eight six guy, which is very good. Like if you get a six eight six, he just has a different role now. You just can't lead a team like that. You understand? You Can't lead a team like that. You can't command a team. You can't apply pressure the same way that McHale would, or even when Dinwiddie really wasn't struggling, like Dinwiddie really would. So, very, very interesting. I found a, an enormous red flag. A very alarming thing that Jock Vaughn was trying to make Spencer Dinwiddie and Mikhail Bridges the lower guys and Ben Simmons the primary guy. Like, hey, you're going to do this. You're going to run the office. You're going to run this team. That, to me, was concerning. That, to me, was head-scratching. But it makes sense. Sean Marks didn't like his energy the in-game decisions were questionable, like very very questionable. Uh yes. But yeah, um it's just that so was he the worst? No, but the but the Nets also feared the uh-oh, if we keep him, then nobody. And I mean nobody. is going to want to come, like, bigger talents are going to want to come and be with the Nets under Jock Vaughn. So they thought that was going to be a turnoff. They thought that was going to be a negative experience, right? So they just couldn't have that. So Jock Vaughn is out. Jock Vaughn is no longer with this team. They have promoted Kevin Ollie interim head coach Kevin Ollie is very decorated. I believe he is a former player. I'm trying to look up his position. He did play but he is a former player Um, so he gets that aspect. He did uh, coach UConn. He's been coaching since 2012. He played in the league for 15 years. So even though he went on draft, remember he did this for 15 years. So take it as you will. And I know he played for a lot of teams but from twenty twelve to twenty eighteen, he was a Yukon guy. And he won a he won a championship there. So very, very cool. That's also it was very cool that um according to Wikipedia, he was only one of four African American coaches ever win NCAA men's basketball championship. So pretty historic. Um all and so pretty cool. He definitely has the knowledge as a player and as a coach, and he was not bad. Like two thousand two, you know, was was his best season, was. But yeah, anyways, he just played a bunch of teams. But no, going beyond that, he's good intern. Will they hire him? I don't know, but. He, he, he's been a very good assistant. He's been soaking in all this knowledge he has, so much knowledge as an assistant, as a player, as a head coach, as a part-time coach, right? So he has this going on. I think that the Nets can win under him because, honestly, who do you have? Like You have Boone Holes out there. You have guys out there. You have Terry Stotts out there. Right, just uh, available guys that have been fired in the past or just recently. Adrian Griffin, Adrian Griffin would be a good one for the Nets. I think the Nets, I think the Nets, part I think that locker room would reciprocate and understand his mentality more than what the Bucks did. So I don't know, but if you want to go to Kevin Oliver route, okay, I, I wouldn't hate that either. But so it it's not worked out from Steve Nash sue Jarvon, I can tell you that. And no disrespect to those two guys, but they just did not pan out well. Especially when they're like, oh, we can rebuild a certain player like Ben Simmons or like somebody else, right? But finally, Cam Thomas can finally be free because now he can finally start reaching his full potential. Steve Nash? Nah, not really. Uh, Vaughn? hey, eh, no, not really. So, hopefully it's different Ollie, if not Thomas, I'm sorry. So let's be honest. Cam Thomas not bad. Sure, can he be rough at certain times? Is he inconsistent? Yes, but when he's consistent, when he's putting together his performances, he's still giving you 21, 2, 2 a game, in almost 30 minutes, right? So I know he's, I know he's inconsistent, but well, look, you're gonna have that. He's only in his third year, and I, and I know you want him to take that leap. As statistically, he is. I just know the inconsistency can be killing. I know it could be detrimental. You know what also is detrimental? The Mavericks rejecting Jalen Brunson's contract offer of four years fifty-five million. Not once. But twice. Do you guys hear me? I don't know if you guys did or didn't, but not once, but twice and it was 4 years 55 million his current contract is 4 years 104 million that just hurts you had him at a discount and you're going to reject him twice the 27 year old twice man like he has been that guy he's averaging 27 free and six you're telling me it would not work with him and Doncic, maybe, maybe now you don't bring Kyrie. But let's say you do and you have all three. Who, who knows how that would have worked out? But I didn't have Payne's Mavericks fans because he was blossoming. Like, he was turning. You could see the full potential that he was having, especially in 2020 and 2021. But then he just exploded. He's in his second season with the Knicks. And he's been having like this superstar status ever since. And he's getting superstar money ever since. Like four years, 104. Like when his next contract comes up, he's only gonna be like what 2930? And he could definitely make around or about 180, 190, even two hundred million. He's not gonna be an unrestricted free agent until 2026. If he accepts his player option. So next season is his final season until his player option. Then he can just do whatever he wants. I have a feeling if this trend continues and playing well and being a superstar caliber player. He goes in 2024-25. Okay. And then when it comes out for the player option, he declines it signs it a longer deal. And that's how I think it's going to go. I'll never forget when the Mavericks had him for four years, six mil. Never will forget that contract as long as I humanly live. So that's where we're at. That is where we are at. Just so crazy. Absolutely so crazy. I think, I think that, I really do believe that, man, I think the Mavericks should have held on to him, who's better him or Kyrie, you probably have to go Kyrie, right, I, I don't think there's like, any other way to put it. I, I just I really do like Jalen Brunson. Jalen Brunson to me is a guy that you could just ball with, that you could rock with. Like he, he's also he's also a really good podcast host. I think he has a, isn't it him and Josh Hart? I thought but don't quote me on that. Don't quote me on that. I thought it was like the Roommates podcast, Roommates show, whatever it is. Um. Anyways, so Brunson definitely. I, I still can't believe. You didn't. You didn't reject him just once, but twice. Like how much were you wanting for for four years? Twenty mil, thirty mil, forty mil? Like where were you at Milwaukee or not Milwaukee? Where were you at Cuban? Where were you at Dallas? Like, where are you at? Where is your mental at? Where is your headspace? Honestly, you can't fumble that hard. Absolutely insane. Uh, On the flip side, the Timberwolves did not mess up with their guard like the Mavericks did. Mike Connolly has agreed to an extension with the Timberwolves. The deal is two years worth of $21 million. He was set to be a free agent this offseason, so there was urgency. And Mike Connolly is such a good veteran. Mike Connolly is such a traditional point guard. It's phenomenal. I absolutely love it. I know he's 36. And he's probably end, starting to near the end of his career. This probably is going to be his last multi-year contract. I can't see him playing past the age of 39, 40. Or this could be his final contract. Right? But, man, you want to talk about a guy that's consistently giving you like 14-5 and five a game, 10-6 and six a game, whatever you want it to be with a couple of boards... Man, that that's pretty cool. And I don't know if you guys remember his time in Memphis, then a little bit in Utah. Those were like the the glory years. And he's now just being that leader, he's being that veteran presence, and he's still giving you good nights, consistently good nights. Especially as a playmaker. So very, very smart to give him a deal, to give him an extension. That's going to be like, what, 10 and a half per year? Let me do the quick math on you. But I was like, yeah, 10 and a half per year. Like, I want to, and it's like, this is going to be his lower contract. His last one was free year, $68 million, So this is definitely going down. But, yeah, remember, you're going from 36 to 38 or however, going to 39 right? Whew. There was once a time where Mike Conley made One hundred fifty-two million. Pretty crazy if you think about it. Pretty crazy. I I have to look at some things. I just wanna. I don't know. Anyways. Uh, I want to see. Did he ever suffer any major injuries? Because for the money drop-off, I'm just curious. Hmm. I don't know about that one. Um, I thought he suffered a major injury. Did Mike... Conley suffer a major injury. I'm just looking this up. No, so when he was with the Jazz, he avoided a serious injury, but will still miss some time. Hmm. Back injury, expected to miss six weeks. As when he was with the Grizzlies, so he's had his fair share of injuries. In 2022, he uh, avoided a major knee injury. Okay, so I, you know, I was just there. I was just looking because I couldn't remember. And that's my fault. I'm not trying to be a casual or anything. I just had to, just had to, just had to verify because sometimes I get things blurred when it comes to injuries and certain points. I was like, Gordon Hayward, easy, right? Joseph Neurich, easy. Because I believe Joseph Neurich was the one where he had his leg snapped. So, very, very, very serious. Right? So. Anyways, that's that's where we're at on that end. So, very smart move. Probably one of his final contracts, especially multi-year. I can't see him playing bass 39. I just can't. Maybe I'm wrong. I want to be wrong because I love Mike Conley. I wish the Suns could get a Mike Conley. That's just me. Um, real quick, uh, let's talk about Jason Tatum. Let's talk about Jason Tatum. You know, perception, reality, boring it all together, right? There's a lot that goes into judging a player, judging their actions, judging what they'll do next, how they'll do it. Right? For Jason Tatum, he said, people just judge me off whether I can win a championship. And it's true. He's been making deep off runs since he took over this league when LeBron was still on the Cavaliers. He said, quote, I I understand no matter what I do in the regular season, I'm at that point where people just judge me off whether I can win a championship. I realize that. And it's like, all right, I just got to do it. And quote. But then he said another quote, Earlier, I was playing a game just to play the game instead of just thinking it. Now I go out, I understand who we're playing against. I know their scheme, what they're trying to do, which guys are in and out of the lineup. Learning from experience, I understand that I'm good enough, that I can relax and defer a little bit. Then the fourth quarter comes and I can score 20 in the quarter. So now he's just adopting a different mindset. He understands the pressures that he has. Like ever since he joined this league, they've been making deep playoff runs. And he's only 25 years old. But he's been in this league since 27 18. Like if you look up the 27, 2017, 2018 Celtics, I can't remember if Isaiah Thomas was still on that team. But there was a time where you had the likes of Aaron Banks and Al Horford run that team. That was also when Kyrie was on the team. But you had a very young Jalen Brown and then a rookie Jason Tatum. Right? And that team made the postseason. And they made it to the Eastern Conference Finals. Where they lost to the Cavaliers in seven. They Almost, almost made it to the finals. It would have been Warriors versus Celtics. Can you imagine how that would have went? Again, they made it to the semis against Milwaukee. Right? But then you come to a time like in 2019 where Kyrie leaves. Now you're going into a better Marcus Smart, a better Jason Tatum, a better Jalen Brown, a better whatever. So it's just working out. It's just being better. And you really... It's really incredible because it's looking unfair. And it is a little unfair to have that much pressure, especially as a 25-year-old. But you got to remember, he's been in the league for a very long time. And he's just been that guy... Since he started. He's always been climbing. But I would make the argument. That when Kyrie left. That was his team. That was JT's and JB's team. And undoubtedly so. Undoubtedly so. You can't. You, you can't. Handle it. And he's already taken to the finals. He's had multiple. Conference finals appearances. Right so. The right things are happening. Good things are happening now. He's just got to figure out how to win the finals. And that 2022 finals was rough. That 2022 finals was rough because that was a Stephen Curry that was not going to lose, and he was trying to get another ring. He was doing it by himself. Of course, he had help. Of course, of course. But that was a man on a mission. And there was just some struggles. There were some hurdles that they just could not grow past. They just could not move past, which is understandable. I would have loved to have known what the Celtics could do now if Emi Udoka remained. Now I know the whole controversy behind that. I understand, but it's always interesting with the what ifs, right? Right. So I'm not. I'm not say anything like that. I'm just saying that I found I would just find interesting of if Joel Muso was not the head coach and it was in Doga remaining. Now I think Doga is going to do a great job in Houston as he's really hoping for a puff push. All I'm saying is that well, what if? And if I remember correctly, Joel Muso Joe was Mazzullo was an assistant head coach that was the interim head coach that led to being the full-time head coach. I just fact-checked that, and yes, I am correct. And he has three years, 14 mil coming his way. That's his contract. So very, very interesting. I'm excited. And and I'm excited for the future of JT. And I know he has those pressures on him. No doubt does he have those pressures on him. But that's kind of where you're at in life. When you've been playing at that elite level. That's just where you go when it's like, okay, you already made Eastern Conference Finals appearances multiple times. You've already done these things. You, you've you been in the spotlight for so many years. And now it's just expected you win a championship. And when you go into a championship setting and don't do it, you don't get a job done. Okay, now there's a little more pressure. Now you really got to put it together. Now you really got to work it. And I hope that makes sense. I hope that does make sense. And just because I want to talk about it, I'm not gonna bash Glenn Rivers. Just it gets really annoying. I hate Doc Rivers, how he just becomes the most annoying person. I've always hated Doc Rivers. Like, he won a fluky championship. Like, that 2000... That that, that, that Celtics team? That was a very good Celtics team. Like, that was a Celtics team that was unstoppable. Doc did nothing. Doc is a loser. But in the past couple of days, we've seen him throw the Bucks roster and ownership under the bus in Kawhi Leonard. Like, it is so sad Like when he's like, I I, I attempted to influence Kawhi Leonard's perspective on Shay Guilherme Xander's potential. Really? He's like, quote, cool, I even brought up to Kawhi. Are you sure? I think Shay's going to be an amazing player. It may take a year or two, but I think you're underestimating how good. Right? Really? We've never seen something like this where a guys taking ownership, taking out a roster, and taking out a former player as well. The dude's actually a certified loser. He's a really bad head coach. They got lucky by being on the right team at the right time. With the right talent. Not the his credit, but to make foolish statements like this, and then to say, "Well, I was I was trying to understand. I told the Bucks that they were wrong for letting go, for letting go of Adrian Griffin." And you try to take the high and mighty road, the all self righteous road, whatever path. It it just gets old after a while. It gets old. I know you questioned it, but you're not going to pass that up. And I love how he told ownership when they called. And I know he said, I don't understand why you're doing this. And he said, well, it doesn't matter. We've done it now. We want you. That was the Bucks' rationale, according to Mr. Glenn Rivers. I don't know. He's an interesting specimen, honestly. And when you look at some of these coaches, you're like, "Really, that dude?" We've had some really bad coaches. Luke Walton was an interesting coach. Let's just put it that way. But you're actually kidding me. You really threw under the bus Kawhi. You really threw under the bus the roster and ownership. Like, where's the accountability? And I'm happy J.J. Raddick was speaking on this. I know he got pushed back by his loser of his son, Austin Rivers, and Pat Bev, who's just trying to earn those minutes in the good graces of Rivers. But still, understand, like, all this dude does is never take responsibility, never has accountability, always cries, always makes excuses, like, blah, 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 blah. Shut up at some point. You're a loser. Your record as a coach is horrible besides that food championship you earned. All because you're on the right team at the right time with the right talent. You did nothing but hold a, a clipboard and be a male cheerleader. An overweight male cheerleader. A fat loser cheerleader. Really? We're doing this? Woohoo, yeah, you proven. proving it. How many times you have you ever Freedom one and you blew it? Right? Like, do we have to remind you of your past? It's just, it's it's insane. I can't believe we got to this part. I, I can't believe that he's just trying to save himself by destroying his current team and his past superstar player. I can't believe that. That's actually baffling. Anyways, I'm not gonna keep bashing on Doc Rivers. I just wanted to bring that to your attention. Like this reminds me all the times so LeBron James was lying or embellishing truth, or just trying to be that guy that he's not. So crazy, so crazy, so crazy. Anyways. All of that aside, let's get to some injuries for today's games, for Thursday's games. Before we get into the topic of the day, which does concern Doc Rivers and the Bucs. Right, so we just we gotta talk about it. We gotta talk about it. Good news, Suns fans. Bradley Bill is set to return against the Mavericks. I know he's been dealing with that hamstring issue, he's been dealing with some issues, but he's looking to be back. The Suns are taking on the Mavericks. I wish I could be watching that game at 530. I I cannot. I have other commitments that I have to be attending to, right? It hurts me more than what you guys understand. I wish I could be seeing that, but I will be there for the Ro- Suns-Rockets game. i hope hopefully blow the Mavericks doors off, honestly. But yeah, so Brad is set the return. We're going to have the Big Free again coming out of the break strong. Also, D-Buck and KD had some good all-star performances. Bad news for the Blakers. LeBron James is expected to miss today's game against the Warriors due to his left ankle. He was having to clean up. He was just touching it up. So after all that, he's just not going to be there. Again, I wish I could be seeing all these games. I can't. But you best believe, especially if the Suns win, I'm going to be re-watching it. I'm going to be watching the Lakers game. Just am. Want to see the Wars. Oh, I, I, I maybe. I may kick back tonight. When I get home. Watch some of these games. Watch on a league pass. Love the league pass. And just go over the flow. Right? Like... Seems pretty nice, pretty simplistic. I like, can't hate on that. So that's where I was with LeBron James. That's where I was with Bradley Beal. Now, guys, let's get into the topic of the day, which is can Doc Rivers and the Milwaukee Bucks turn it around? And you're like, this is insane. They have a pop spot. What you mean? Like if you're just taking it where they're at right now, and they're 3rd in the East, they're 3-7 since Doc took over. And when you're looking at the Knicks and 76ers and Pacers, that can get a little ugly. There's only a four-game difference between them and the Pacers, a two-game difference between them and Philly, and a game and a half between them and New York can they shake off the cobwebs can they do it like i don't know i i went through this before in a little bit you can't beat the I and mean, when we're looking at cuz i passed I asked a question I, and I answered it in my own way. I said, Who is the most dangerous, deadliest team in each conference? Who would it be that you can't stop? You would not want to face Dirk's born assassins. I said, The Celtics in the East. And I believe it was the Clippers in the West. I have to look again. But for the East, it was the Celtics, not the Bucs. The Bucks are just at a downturn right now. They're just they're they're, they're they're mediocre. They're meh. They're not good right now. And I know they're trying to make it better. But right now it's just not working. It's just not working. You got a Dame Time Malik, you got Chris, you got Giannis and you got Lopez. And I know Middleton is with his injury. So it gets a little dicey. It gets a little complicated. If you know what I mean. The Knicks are hoping that they're healthy in a bit. But what happens if all these teams get healthy? What Let's say you turn around. And you make it to the postseason. You're going to get first rounded. Let's say the Magic. Let's say the playing tournament. Is over. And let's just go one free. Let's say the Bulls and Hawks don't matter I should say don't they don't make the cut so you're gonna have Celtics Magic Cavaliers Heat Bucks Pacers and the Pacers have beaten the Bucks several times Tyrese Powerburn has their number and now you have a worser head coach you have talent that's just not their and Camelot, you beat him in the playoffs. yes but that's what they are also saying last year, but they got first-rounded by the eighth-seeded Miami Heat and they had a battle with tire Hero. So all I'm saying is, you can't underestimate them. Right? You just can't do it. You really can't count them out. But you can count out the box. Honestly. Let's go through the schedule. Today. Oh, I'm sorry. When, when they play tomorrow, when they play the, the Timberwolves, can they beat them? The way they're playing right now, it's daytime can have a resurgence and he's just killing teams left and right. Oh, can can you beat Ant Man, Big Cat, Go Bear? McDaniels, Conley, can you beat these guys? Can you? It gets dicey. How about Philly? Maybe because they don't have Joel Embiid, but they have Tyrese Maxey. They have Buddy Heal. They've got Tobias the Harris. They have all these guys. I think you could beat the Hornets. Now I know they added P.J. Washington. I know you got Mello. I know you got Brand Miller. I know you got... I know you got Miles Bridges. I know you got all these guys on there. Hmm. Like, the way it's going right now, when you're just looking at a pure... Take out the records. Just look at the trends of the players and how they've been playing. I would I would think the torrents take a game because they have a back-to-back from... Tuesday and Thursday, that's their back-to-back. I think the Hornets take a game. I think it's going to be Milwaukee or a I don't think it really matters. I think the Bucks can edge out the Bulls, and that's just because the Bulls are just so dysfunctional right now due to injuries and just due to other factors. I think they lose to the Clippers. I don't think they can beat the Clippers. On March 4th or March 10th, I think we have a really tough time with the Wizards. I'm talking with the Warriors. I think the same could be said with the Lakers. The same could be said with the Suns. The Kings will be interesting. But if you're still going on this line of mediocrity, and, and it's not progressing, it's just getting worse. What are we supposed to do? That honestly. What are we supposed to do? Because if Giannis is playing the way he is, which is good right now, but Damian Orr is just being inconsistent and really can't get it going, the bench is eh, the young guys are eh, like what are we going to be doing here? Can Brook Lopez step it up? Can Bobby Porter step it up? Has Bobby really been playing that well? Can Jay step it up? Can will be a little You more physical? You got you to gotta ask these questions because now – we're heading to a point where they've already played for 50, 56 games. Where they played for 56 games. And you only got what? 26 games left? This is make or break. This is make or break. You can't be on these losing streaks anymore. You you, you can't be on these bad skids you can't beat the Nuggets. But they get brutalized by the heat. Now that was an off game for the Nuggets. I don't know what happened. And yeah, that was not the Nuggets type of basketball. At all. And it's cool that you blew up the Hornets. But you lost to the Timberwolves. You lost to the Suns. You lost to the Jazz. You lost to the Pond Trailblazers. When that was Damian Lillard's return. You lost to the Cavaliers. Well in the Cavaliers back to back from the twenty fourth of January to twenty sixth of January, they split it. Both were and they split it. So you understand what I'm saying. what I'm saying is, is that when you're looking at their schedule, can they turn around? Yes, but there's there's gonna come a time where if they keep losing, or they if they split series or they're, if they're splitting they go five hundred next ten games. There's no guarantee that the Knicks don't take him for fourth. And if you keep dropping, you're killing yourself. And I don't believe Doc Rivers. I think Doc Rivers can get walked over because he's just, oh, let me just let the players do whatever they want. Let the players do whatever they want. Giannis is not that guy. Dame is a little bit, but Giannis is definitely not that guy. Damian Lord, Yes. And if this locker room's already hitting frustration points, and Doc Rivers is already talking bad about, about the roster and ownership and doing what Doc or what Glenn does. I don't know. Like, if the locker room's not feeling him, and there's divide and there's tension, there's anger, frustration, sadness, and a hidden depression coming in, you're not expected to make the finals. You're not expected to go to the conference finals. You're not expected to get out of the first round. Like they did not bring in Doc River so they could be mediocre and they could drop out and they can be very inconsistent. They don't want to be first rounded. That's not gonna help ownership. That's not gonna be a great view for ownership. That's not gonna be a great view for management, right? If you're crying out, loud, you have free head coaches on your payroll. Booneholzer, Griffin, and now Rivers. It's incredible when you put it that way. But I think the Miami Heat right now are better. They have better continuity, they have better consistency, they have better intensity, they have better everything than the box. They're 6 and 4 in the last 10, keeping it simple. The Knicks are just finding their way. I know they have a four game losing streak, but the Knicks are going to find their way, especially when they're healthy. I'd rather take the Knicks in the Bucks or I take the 76ers and the Bucks or I take the Pacers in the Bucks. there's teams I'd rather take over. You understand where I'm coming from. This is this is not good. This is not favorable. In fact, this is the exact opposite of favorable. Can the Bucks turn around? Sure. But the bench is going to have to tighten up. Damian Lord has got to shoot more than 20 he to shoot better than 29% from deep. Get, the guys cannot be beating him out in the year of 2024. Malik Beasley is fine, but he's also a lack of discipline. I don't know how much accountability and responsibility is being taken by these players and coaches. Doc Rivers, especially, not taken any, but by the players. Like, this could turn dysfunctional so quickly. You could have, like, a mini Chicago Bulls scenario playing out in Milwaukee. Defense is out of control. Like, there's certain things that you need to anchor down. I just don't know. Like, can they turn it around? Maybe. But right now, it's just not cutting it. Like, if you're only able to beat really bad teams or mediocre teams like the Hornets and Bulls, but you're struggling against like the Clippers, 76ers, Timberwolves. Teams your own conference. Or if you make it to the fo- the teams that you have to face, that's not good. That's just simply not good. It's gonna that's gonna be that's gonna be a really hard time for for this team. It's gonna be a really hard time. It's gonna be a rude awakening. I don't know, there's not one easy fix, there's not one thing Doc Rivers can do, Glenn Rivers can do, the fix this, to make this all go away, defense has been a problem, ever since they dra- traded Drew Holiday, that was not Adrian Griffin, he was just used as a scapegoat, like there are things that, that the team is failing as a whole, like it's very fascinating, and it's, it's, it's borderline sad. It's depressing. It's not good. But anyways, those are my thoughts. I know I'm going to be revisiting this topic like in the next week to two weeks. This is just how it's going to be. The Bucks are the most interesting team for all the wrong reasons. Started at what? 30-13? And, and now they're just progressively getting worse. Like, I've never... Like, this is something I was not expecting to see from the box. Especially after eclipsing 30 wins. Especially when it looked like things were cooking in their direction. All because feelings got hurt. All because they could not wait to get rid of them. Because they did not want to play in the system. Or be coached hard. Like men. Absolutely insane. Absolutely insane. Well, guys... That's all I got for today's podcast episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. I appreciate everyone that's sticking in for the first half of the show. All the way through to the very end. I, I I truly do appreciate it. I hope you guys are fine. It's entertaining still. Again, if you guys have any questions, comments, or concerns, hit me up. Please. i love to know if I can make any adjustments or enhancements. Honestly, would love to do that. So, guys... That being said, this is all I got for today's podcast episode. And yeah, peace out.